ever wondered if homeschooling has to take all day? That's the topic of today's podcast. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. This is the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine. Okay, 10. It just turned 10 not that long ago. (laughs) So excited. I'm also a 28-year veteran homeschooling mom and the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. You can find all three of those books on Amazon or at DorendaWilson.com, and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I just mentioned. I also want to let you know that right now, if you sign up for my monthly email newsletter, you will receive a free digital download of Encouraging a Homeschool Heart, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically to go with my other book, The Four-Hour School Day. Again, I will leave um, a link in the show notes to make it easy for you to get there. And I also want to remind you that there are some great math curriculums out there, but one that I love to share on a regular basis is CTC Math. CTC Math provides online video tutorials that make learning math fun, easy, and effective by using creative graphics and animation that are sure to grab and keep your child's attention. Here's a great testimonial from Lori. She said that one day my 10-year-old was in tears over math. I tried my best to help, but ended up in tears as well. We prayed together, and that very night I received an email offer for CTC Math. The following Monday, we reviewed the curriculum together. She was willing to give it a shot, and we have never looked back. Moms, I encourage you to start your free trial today by visiting ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. All right. Well, today I'm going to be talking briefly with Ashley Wiggers from Homeschooling Today. We are having a conversation about whether or not homeschooling actually needs to take all day. Listen in. All right. Hello and welcome to the Dear Dorenda video interview. How are you doing today, Dorenda? I'm doing great. How are you, Ashley? I'm great. Oh, it's so good to be doing this again. This column brought to you by Homeschooling Today magazine. You know, my husband and I are the publishers of Homeschooling Today, and we just love having you as one of our columnists, Dorenda. You have so much wisdom and so much experience to offer to our readers. So thank you for joining us again for this kind of expansion interview from uh, the (laughs) column in the summer issue. And this is all based on a listener questions that have been submitted. So are you ready to just dive into this this issue's question? Let's do it. Okay. The question this issue is, does it have to take all day? (laughs) Yes, I totally get that. I think that most of us, we have this traditional school setting idea in our minds because, you know, when we were in school, 
it did seem to take all day. But, you know, as we learn more about and think through a little bit more that school setting, we realize there are some differences between that school setting and a home setting. And I think this is so important for parents to recognize because it can be one of the things that makes them think either one, they can't homeschool or two, they're not doing enough. So if we can sort of um, drill down a little bit more on this and talk about the difference, um, I think that's super important. One thing to always be remembering is that kids are learning all the time. I think that's just a huge thing that we need to be careful that we don't forget. You know, as adults, we don't really think about that that learning doesn't have to happen in special places. (laughs) It's happening all the time for kids. They come to us wanting to learn. They're curious by nature. I just have always felt like my job was just not to burn them out on too much of what we might call the educational things, basically the book work. And so uh, that's that's something that I tried to avoid doing with our kids and hopefully successfully. I, I feel like they are doing great and they are lifelong learners. So I think um, that contributed to that for sure. But again, remembering that kids are always learning and then thinking about the difference between a classroom setting and a home setting. So in a classroom, you have got a, um, a factor that's actually really huge um, and it's been proven to be huge in the success of a child's education. And that is the student to teacher ratio. So if you're in a classroom, what you've got is typically 20 at best, 30 or more at worst students to every one teacher. So that means that even in my home where there were eight children, the student to teacher ratio was fantastic. (laughs) So remembering that our kids are getting a lot more one-on-one because we are homeschooling and because there are not that many other students. And so I think that's just something we don't really always think about, you know, and I also not the same ratio is it? I mean, you don't have to have the same measurement of, you know, so many kids um, equals, okay, we need to do this for a lot longer time so that a little bit more sticks versus at home, you know, whether or not they're understanding, you can see the expression of their faces, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can hear their feedback. And it's such a different experience. It really provides so much more effective learning that you don't have to have so much time. Exactly. You just totally nailed it. That is absolutely correct. Um, this is this is one of the main things that makes homeschooling both efficient and effective. Um, and to have both of those at the same time is just, it's such an amazing thing. But, you know, in a classroom setting, there are so many interruptions. Um, and if you talk to teachers Um, they will tell you, and I have talked to many, many teachers and asked them this question, how much learning time is actually happening in the classroom? And they said, oh, only a fraction of the time. So that right there is, I think, key to remember. And the other thing that I think is important uh, to remember is that um, you get to pick curriculum choose the approach that you're going to take with your kids based on their interests, based on um, what is a good fit for them. I know that there are kids, you've probably found this to be true, Ashley, that, you know, maybe one of your kids, when they're younger, they all tend to be hands-on, but eventually they start to like, 
maybe more an, of an auditory learner, maybe more of a, you know, like a visual learner or a combination mm-hmm. of those two. And because we're tuned into that with our kids, we can tweak their curriculum to, again, be effective and efficient because we see the wheels turning. We know what's working for them and they are learning what works for them. And that's also a huge factor. When our kids are learning how they learn, it makes learning more fun. Like we've talked about more efficient, more effective and more interesting for them. It sure does. And as you get older, um, when you need to learn something, you know, maybe you're taking higher level classes and you've learned how you learn. I remember Mm -hmm. I'm completely auditory person. So I'm the Mm -hmm. type of person that you see in the grocery store talking to themselves. That's me. (laughs) Um, So for me, I really realized, okay, if I want to remember something, I need to read it out loud to myself. Which mm-hmm. sounds a little mm-hmm. crazy, but mm-hmm. because I was homeschooled and because my mom encouraged me in how I learn and how I process, then that became a tool in my bag where I think a lot of kids don't know the best way that they learn. Right. And that can be really discouraging if you're trying to move forward with, um, you know, maybe higher level classes or whatever. We had a similar situation with our son who loved role playing. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, and I said this to my husband over the many, many years that he was this for two years and then he was that for two years. And he was a (laughs) cowboy and he was a, you know, train engineer and he was a a pilot, you know, and was literally in the part pretty much 24 seven, including the clothing, thinking to myself, how is this helpful? I don't, I'm not, my husband's like, just it's fine. Just let it, just let it ride. And so it was really interesting when he got into high school. And he told me that one of the things that made his geometry class interesting was that he uh, just pictured himself as a surveyor. And hmm. one, when he jumped into that role, all of a sudden geometry was interesting to him. And, wow. you know, so same scenario. And I think this is something that is just such an advantage for homeschoolers mm-hmm. and, um, and it helps us really encourage lifelong learning. It's one of those tools that helps us grow lifelong learners. You know, it sure is. If we embrace it, if we don't allow, mm-hmm. you know, this issue of the magazine is all about breaking free from comparison. Yes. And I yes. think this is such an important topic for moms and dads to realize, you know, homeschooling is such um it's such a great opportunity for kids to learn. And so often they blossom from it. And I think we as parents tend to just worry about what's not happening and are we doing enough? And all those questions can sometimes really um, discourage us enough where we start just comparing and looking to do, oh, well, let's at least do this, what the classroom is doing. And the truth is no, no. You don't need to compare yourself to that situation or other families. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to be confident and kind of grow in the boldness of being the family that God created us to be and really embracing those things about our kids that make them unique. Just like you said, you don't know how that's going to be a a part of your child's future, the role playing, but God does. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you allowed that to happen, that you didn't, you know, tell him to stop or like, that's silly that you uh, enabled him to have an atmosphere to feel comfortable to do that. And then you could see the value of it later on. That's the power of homeschooling. 
Absolutely. And and just to complete the story, I, I now know as an adult what that meant for him because he's now uh, 20, almost 26. We just turned 26. He's married. And what he does and, and he loves doing it is a variety of tasks. He worked at a Christian camp for a while and just did multiple things. So he, he one thing would just bore him to tears. He needed (laughs) lots of different things. And so that is another thing that homeschooling provides is just a lot of options in terms of having just a lot of, you know, different routes that we can take and and interests that they can follow. And I think that's another thing that I wanted to tie into why it doesn't have to take all day is that as our kids are allowed to participate in interest-led learning, this learning is happening. They're, They're firing on all cylinders when they're engaged in something and they're interested in something. We have just really, there is no way to know how many different things are happening at the same time when it comes to learning for our kids when they're doing something they're interested in. They don't even know they're learning. And sometimes we don't even recognize that they're learning. You know, they're working on a project, they're, you know, and we're just kind of looking at what they're doing, but we're not thinking about what are all the different things that have to engage in order for this child to be able to do what they're doing right now? And when you start actually stopping, slowing down long enough to recognize that, you begin to appreciate the value of interest-led learning and just taking these very you know, different non-traditional approaches to learning. Exactly. It's like we as homeschooling parents really need to change our perspective of what mm-hmm. productivity looks like. Absolutely. It doesn't look like a workbook page, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. not always. Sometimes it does, and that can right. be helpful. Mm-hmm. But I think if we really start to see the whole picture of how our children are learning and gaining skill and discovering things um, and really being able to uh, expand their knowledge in so many different ways, mm-hmm. then we could see, okay, I can take a deep breath. I don't need to fill my child's day with what I deem to be productive. They are being productive oftentimes, whether we like it or not, you know, because Mm -hmm. that's the way God made them to learn, Mm -hmm. to, to discover, to be curious, like you said. And so if we could take that deep breath and just realize, okay, they're learning all throughout the day and I don't have to fill every moment with what I think looks productive. Exactly. I I would call that, that could often be called forced learning. And I feel like forced Mm -hmm. learning isn't real learning. Yes. But one of the greatest tools that uh, I use that really helped me recognize the learning that was going on um, without me having to initiate everything was when I would just become a student of my kids and just Mm. watch them and then write down what I was observing you know, in terms of what could they possibly be learning right now as they're building this Lego building, you know, (laughs) and all of a sudden, when you start to go down that road, you really realize, oh my goodness, it seems like a simple thing that they're doing. They're playing with Legos, but there's math happening here. There's depth perception, there's planning, there's follow through, there's choosing certain pieces for certain reasons. It's deductive reasoning and things like this that 
you know, we just don't even think about. And so that was something that was really helpful to me. And the thing that's interesting about it is, is the reason that I, I learned how to do this was because um, for a while, when our kids were part of a co-op, we did this little thing where you would have to do like a, um, like a progress report of what they were doing each month just a brief synopsis. And so I started doing that in order to more fully explain what my kids were learning every month. And I, that's when I learned how much they were learning without me. And it, sometimes, like you mentioned before, it's just a matter of getting out of the way, <laughs> you know, not being an obstacle because mm-hmm. I found that I would become an obstacle if I began to own what they were doing. So let's just say that they decided to start building a Lego city and I get overly involved and invested in it. You know, sometimes we get excited as parents and we're like, oh, they're learning. And so I just want to help things along. And all of a sudden you find they're not interested anymore because now it's become your thing and not their thing. And so I think that's something to bear in mind as well. That's really, really good advice. I just, I love the way that you talk from so much experience about being an observer of your kids. Mm -hmm. I think, I think we don't, realize the value of that. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because I, I would highly encourage, um, anyone who's listening to maybe take a few steps back and just watch. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. I think it would illuminate so many things for us that we don't realize is happening. Right. Right. And summer is a great time to do that. Right? Yes. We don't have quite yes. the expectations and we homeschooled year round, but we did way less during the summer. I just didn't want to do all the review in the fall and neither did they. So we just sort of, you know, kept plotting with a few things, especially math, because that can be, you could take a lot of time reviewing math in the fall. And so, mm-hmm. but we were doing a lot less and it, you know, you, you're typically maybe taking your kids to the lake or the river or swimming or whatever. And it can be a really great time to just sit back and watch them and observe and even make, you can make mental notes, you can make physical notes, but these are important things to know about your kids as you move into the next school season. You might learn some new things that will help you make, uh, give you better direction uh, when it comes to the fall. That's good. That's so good. And I I was thinking about when you were talking about taking them to the pool, to the lake, uh, when Lincoln started learning how to swim, what happened was so funny. I'm giving him instruction. I'm, you know, I was a swimmer. Right. So for me, I'm like, oh, we need to do it like this. And right. I realized just letting him play in the water mm. and he would test out his own skills and he would yes. push the boundaries and he would do it on his own. Mm-hmm. And I realized mm-hmm. if I just really stepped back and played with him and just gave him the opportunity to be in the water, he really taught himself. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Kids are amazing self-teachers. And again, because we've got this backdrop of the traditional school setting where we've got just inform, it's like an information exchange. It's not mm-hmm. really relationship. It's not real life. Um, I I love the fact that uh, John Holt, if, if you all don't know who he is, he was a an educator who actually ended up doing more research than anything when it came to how kids learn. And one of his big things was that he would not observe children for his research in the classroom because he said it was not a natural setting and they wouldn't act in a natural way. 
in a classroom. And I thought that was so interesting because here so many people are expecting their children to go into that unnatural setting and learn well. And this is another thing that's wonderful about homeschooling and that makes it efficient and effective is that your kids are comfortable in your home. They feel safe, they're relaxed, and um, hopefully as moms, we're, we're setting a relaxed tone um, where we're not on edge all the time because we're worried we're not checking all the boxes and that kind of thing, which is another good reason to sort of step back, take pause, and remember that our kids are natural learners. But I thought that was so interesting that he he just said, I can't get an accurate, you know, basically pulse on what kids are doing and how they're learning in that particular scenario because it isn't natural. And so, you know, home is just a wonderful place for our kids to learn. It really is. It really is. And, and people try to bring the classroom home Mm -hmm. and they don't realize, no, you actually have it right. You have a better environment for learning. Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. we just can embrace really what God has called us to And the fact that our kids learn so naturally and Mm -hmm. we provide the environment for that to happen in. Absolutely. And what what you said before about being a... you know, like a a student of our kids, that can help us do that. If we are focused more on how are our kids doing, you know, sometimes people will ask me, um, you know, my child is doing, you know, this math and he's not liking it and I don't understand why. And I'm like, have you asked him? Have you asked him why he doesn't like it or what about it he doesn't like? And is there anything he does like? We've got to communicate with our children and and watch them and learn about them. And the more we do that, the less we're going to be worried about Mm -hmm. what everybody else is doing out here because we realize that what we're doing is actually breathing life into our kids. And I think that's the key right there. If you're deciding on a curriculum or approach or whatever, we need to ask ourselves, is this breathing life into my child or is it sucking the life out of him? You know, <laughs> um, so, so good, Dorenda. yeah, that's, that's what we have to look at. How is your child doing with what you're doing? And, and this is a great time of year to be kind of like reorienting ourselves, you know, as we're taking a break from the, you know, the busyness of the homeschool year, we can step back and say, what's working? What's not working? And what do we need to change? And then have those conversations with your kids about, you know, what do you, what did you like about this homeschooling year? What did you not like and why? And um, bring them into the conversation. And again, as we're doing that, we are making it possible for homeschooling to be that much more effective and efficient. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dorenda. This has been wonderful. I hope everyone has uh, been as encouraged as I am. So thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. One last resource before you go, moms. Looking to give your child a well-rounded education while also ensuring positive socialization opportunities and their ability to succeed in life? Consider joining a Classical Conversations community and homeschooling alongside local families. Led by a trained, licensed director, families learn through Classical Conversations' proven Christ-centered curriculum together in community. With locations in all 50 states and over 50 countries, there is bound to be a community near you. To find your community today, visit classicalconversations.com slash Dorinda. That's classicalconversations.com slash Dorinda.